0: Luck on Sunday. Brought to you by Whirlpool. Bet with the world. You wear it well by three lengths still and storming up the hill. You wear it well has been on the sharp end all the way and a real gallant display to win the Jack the Bromhead mayor's hurdle look at Dad's All Right, Gino. This has been a cool ride from Gavin Sheehan. It's Dad's All Right, Gino. Gavin Sheehan has passed every rival in this to win. Fugitive bearing down an Il Rodoto, who's finding plenty, there'll be flared nostrils either way. Fugitive and Il Rodoto. And Huick! Hewick is staying on down the wide outside, and Hewick from last to first to win the King George. Hewick wins. Hewick's brilliant victory in the King George VI Chase, emblematic of the sort of season Gavin Sheehan is having, where everything is landing. Butter side up. Gavin, welcome once again to the Luck on Sunday studio. Great to have you with us. It's a bit daft for me to say how are things going because they're going extremely well. Did you get a good feeling at the beginning of this season that you were on the right track?
1: Um, I suppose, uh, you know, during the, during the summer, you're looking at what you have for the, the up-and-coming season and um, I suppose being based with Jamie Snowden, um, he, he's main jockey that you're looking around and thought to be the few nice ones to go to war with. But, uh, yeah, look, he, he was the... You know, the, the, the last couple of weeks there have been a, a nice breakthrough as well for me. So what's changed? Have you changed? Has your riding changed? I don't think it has. Um, I think it's it's getting the oppor- opportunity to ride um, the good horses. Um, you know, that's already, you know, came through and he stepped up in trip and everything else like that. But uh, I think that's what a jockey needs is to get them get them opportunities and get them better horses. And, you know, that that's when you can... Um, and show your stuff, then I suppose. Do you feel better when
0: you drive to the races? Do you feel in a better frame of mind than than you did before?
1: Um, I don't know. Um, I just take each day as it comes. I think it's one of those where, you know, you, you you win a big race, you know, yesterday, but you're still going racing today, and they're totally different horses, totally different um, track, ground, everything, and you, you you're going with a different frame of mind. But I just take each day as it comes. Have you always been like that?
0: Yeah. So, would you say, would you describe yourself as happy-go-lucky
1: in that, in that sense? I suppose I would, but it's, um, you know, I, I try, I try to stay level-headed um, and just, you know, try and do my best every day. And every day is a day where you can um, try try and get that winner. And you know, uh, I suppose it's one of those where it's a horse race, and anything can happen. It doesn't matter what price my horse is. And, I still want to go out and do the, do the best I can for, for that, that, that horse. It's
0: been a little while since you've been in the studio with us. Just Dial it back for us to when you first came to to England to ride in England and comparing Gavin Sheehan now to Gavin Sheehan then as a, as a person and a rider. What were you like when you, when you first arrived?
1: Um, I didn't think I had any chance of making a jockey to be honest with you. Um, I was an amateur over in Ireland. Um, I start, started off with Michael Harrigan. Um, and and my first ride in a pint to pint was high clay, but coming from the pony racing before that, I thought I was going to do well because I was riding good good ponies. But pint to pint, I had two winners in two years, and never thought I was going to do any good, and didn't think I was going to make it as a jockey. It was coming over here to Charlie Mann was um, you know a new lease of life, I suppose, and somewhere where hopefully I was going to get opportunities. But you know, it, looking back, you know from now. And I had 200 winners, 300 winners, and now it's gone up to, mm. to 700. It's, um, it's a bit mind-blowing, to be honest. But, you know, I, I've, I suppose I come from a family where we're very sporty and, you know, at the same time we, we, we put our heads down and get on with it and, um, you know, work hard and try and always, always aim for high and settle for less. So actually, the whole journey has been a bit of a pinch-me journey all the
0: way along because you didn't really feel that you were, you were going to make it. Who was the first person who told you you were any good?
1: Um, look, I, I um, when I was doing the horse and pony racing back home, I've had a, a, a lot of good support from them lads. Um, you know there was Castle Racing Syndicate that I was involved with, but it was around with Philip Inwright. Um, You know I, I used to go in riding out with him and Jerry Cullies There was there was other lads there, but um, they'd all tell you Oh, you've got a good sit on a horse or whatever, and never really knew what that meant at, at the time, but. Um, a lot of people said I was very natural, and um, it was kind of one of those things that I still have to work at, and I, I still work now even to, to try and get better. I just phoned up Laura Collett there the other day, see the if I can three-day event go, rider. Yeah, yeah. Just to see if I can go in to her um, in the next coming week. I've got a one or two days off, and thought that it might be an opportunity to go in there and refresh everything, and just to just to help out and um, try and get better. It doesn't matter how. Good, you're going in this game. The 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 game doesn't wait, and you got to keep pushing, and that's what I'm trying to do the whole time.
0: But as as has been pointed out quite a bit in the last year or two, I think we think slightly more sophisticated fashion about the sort of thing than we used to in this sport. Roger Federer still has a coach. You know, it it doesn't matter if you're completely dominant in your field. How important is it that you've got someone to guide, just to pick up the little things that you're you're doing right and wrong, iron out some of the The kinks, try and increase the those fine margins
1: that put you in front of everybody else. Yeah, look, this this game is about um, having the edge over somebody else, because the horse does most of the work, but the jockey can be the one to to eke out a little bit more, and that's why I walk the track every day. Um, I'll always go around just to see where I can get that little bit of an edge. I've got um, plenty of support and. I've got a, a fella that helps me out as well, Scott Sa- Salkeel. Um, so I speak to him every day, and I have done since I suppose since I first went to, to Warren Gratrix. Um And what does he do for you? He does all the, the form for me. We will go down through the races. He'll, if I if I'm split between two different horses, then I'll say, Scotty, where will I go? And he'll give me the, the the horse to go to and say, this is why he's form a uh, form guy guru and so will he read the races
0: for you as well so if you say to him right i'm riding this today he'll say right that's likely to make it you want to be sitting here doing this this this
1: yeah 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 we talk every day and he'll be telling me what pace is there uh, what pace there is in the race they, but he'll also say that horse has been better around the right-handed track than he is around the left-handed track or you know one horse that he goes off. He he knows everything about mm. every horse, and he will say about um, you know you're better off going going down the pain because that horse jumps left or right or whatever, and you know getting that extra bit of help, that extra bit of support and and guidance as well is is, is massive for me. And you know he, he's probably somebody that I don't think I've mentioned too much, but he's um you know he, he's been a big big supporter of mine, a big help. So you've got Laura Collett helping you with the technique like the finer points of technique. You've got
0: Scott Salkeld as your technician or your um, tactician, I should say. It's a it's a good team you're putting together, and you're not having to do it all flying solo. Is when you first came over and when you were first going going well and in your buccaneering
1: phase for Warren Great Tricks, I guess you were just you were just taking it as it came. Well, I was. Uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm not afraid afraid to ask out for help. Um, and, you know. There's been so many jockeys inside the weigh-in room that I can, any one of them, but I, I came at a really good time for them senior lads, like i delighted to say that I rode against Ruby and AP and all the rest of them like Dickie Johnson and there are people that I can still ring and say what do you think about this or how can I improve this or you know whatever it may be um, and they're brilliant to have side. I'm
0: interested in the psychology of a young talented rider going into a wearing room of established generational stars like McCoy and Walsh and Geraghty and Carberry and Russell and so forth and the extent to which you were able to you know, hold your own out there on the on the field of battle up here and not be intimidated by them
1: no um, I suppose it's just one of those where um, you go out and just do the best by your horse and, and keep your straight lines. I, I got told my first day by Ruby and Chuck about straight lines um, down in Newton Abbott on a horse for Charlie Mann but y- you go out the level of respect I had for them was massive. But what did you think? If if you were
0: politely or not so politely taken to one side by one of them and told X Y and Z did you think
1: well sort it I'll do what I want or did you think well, oh, I better mind my P's and Q's? Oh, I, the, the best thing I could have done and the best thing that I did was shut up and listen. Um, they're, they're the experts. They're the ones that you got to listen to. They're the senior riders. And when I came in, like the, the, it's always listen to the senior riders. And you'd hope that we, we've got our, I suppose, it's nearly the, the age group in a sense, whoever's closest to the mm-hmm. door. But you, you nearly want to be sitting up next to them to listen. You might not even speak, but just to listen to how they talk about races and how they do things. And... You know you, you can get that extra bit of help just by listening listening and learning uh, it's
0: interesting this because I was talking to Peter Scudamore who was completely uncompromising when he was a, an eight times champion jockey but he, he reads the game so interestingly now we were talking about the Mullins on Mullins you know the other day Danny and Patrick yeah. at, at Limerick and he was talking about you know Patrick would consider himself to be you know a senior rider even though he's an amateur and there is a certain kind of cock of the roost or a pecking order or the way you perceive yourself and the extent to which you try and give yourself a psychological advantage by telling younger riders what they may or may not do uh, and the extent to which as a younger rider you say well yeah I'm going to listen and learn from that or whether you just in your head think yeah they're just trying to they're just trying to have the have the hex on me all the time and I need to
1: plow my own furrow yeah it's um
0: it's a delicate balance
1: isn't it it is and, and there's the respect that you had down the start with Senior lads and they, they 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 might say I'm going here or whatever, but you respect them and do that. But now it's not um, there's not the same kind of respect anymore, and it's uh, every man for himself now.
0: It, it, do you, do you really feel that, or do you just think it's because you've got further up the tree <laughs> that you're like, well, oh, it's not like it was in my day when I had to doff my cap to these fellas.
1: No, I suppose like yeah, like at the end of the day, you're you're still going out to do the best you can, so you're still going to give yourself. Best opportunity in, inside the in race, but it, it was still show your respect to your elders. It doesn't matter if I'm out um, doing any sort of a thing. I still always respect my elders. That's how I was brought up. But it's uh, nowadays, it's I don't know. It's it's a totally different ball game. And I suppose when I they get told off, I listened and I, and I learned. Whereas I feel like if I did pull somebody to the side just to say this is the way it should be done and in a situation again for next time then you should do it this way and try to give off my my knowledge I suppose in a sense um, you know but it, it's uh, it might not get listened to the yeah. same way uh,
0: see is is the reputation of you when you were a young jockey going really well as being a bit independent and a bit hot-headed is that an unfair portrayal or was that the case
1: No, I think that's probably a bit unfair but it's uh you know it's uh... but it
0: was it was said wasn't it at the, at the time the which that you were a bit you know hot headed and a bit impulsive and
1: oh, I don't know um, I didn't read that <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know look it's uh, it, race, racing is a it's a tough game um, obviously but when, when, when you're in them kind of situations mm-hmm. you you got to do best by you but yeah. at the same time you know if you do shoot up Somebody's inside, and, and go for gaps and go for things. Then I think it's it's fair game if there's room and everything else like that. But it's uh, I think it's one of those that um, you know, y- y- as I said, y- you've got to do best by your horse and everything else. But it's still it's the this, this safety, the safety of, mm-hmm. of of other jockeys and everything like that. And I think um, sometimes now that when y- when you try to say about the safety nowadays, then it doesn't get listened to the same way. Okay. Um,
0: I was reading a nice piece that you did in, the, I think it was the Cork Examiner, um, and you were talking about jockeys you admired, and you gave particular credit to Paul Townend, and actually said, I think he could end up being just about the best there's ever been, which you know, made me raise an eyebrow, given all the greats that, that you've raced against. What is it about him you particularly admire?
1: Um. I don't know, I, I think I he's think different class. Um, always have. Um, just, just the way that he gets horses, jumping, travelling, he's always in the right place, right time, strong in the finish. To me, he's got, he's got everything there is. And, you know, that's it's one person that, uh, that I'd love to be in, inside in his boots, riding a horse that he does, but he's riding them for a reason. Um, I, we've obviously gone and had brilliant jockeys, um, but I think he could be one of the best he's probably one of the best and do you think perhaps he's not? Talked of in those
0: hallowed terms because of his own quite reserved you know, Personality you know, I'm, I'm sure privately and people say that he's you know He's quite quite a sparky chap, but you know in in public. He doesn't he doesn't force a big
1: persona on people does he? I don't think he does but uh, I, I think he just lets his um, his right do the talking in a sense um, like he he he's riding some brilliant horses, um, and he has done before when he was second to second to Ruby. But he's um, the horses that he rides. He doesn't have to do a lot of talking, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't think he probably gets he he does obviously get a lot of credit, but he probably doesn't get as much as what he should. I think you know sports people, um, professionals like the likes of Paul should be you know talked about a lot more and put up uh, put up. As, as much as you can.
0: His relationship, clearly, with Willie Mullins is a very strong one, and you need those strong relationships to sustain big careers. And you you certainly had one with Warren Greatrex initially, you have one with Jamie Snowden now. Charlie Mann, I know, is someone you speak very fondly of still. Um, give me an indication as to your relationships with each of those people and how they
1: differ. Um, I suppose when I first came over to Charlie Mann, he was still. Um, I, I was obviously a t- ten-pound claimer. Um, I had one winner, rode over in Ireland, um, for John Joseph Murphy, and I came over as an amateur. He got me the conditional license, um, and he still treated me like that. Conditionally, I mm-hmm. still had to do the do the graft. I can remember, he got me a ride at um, Cheltenham on a horse called Benchward, and he was driving me on the way, and he said, uh, he said, Have you rode over fences? I said around Cheltenham? I said no. He said have you rode over hurdles? I said no. He said have you ever been to Cheltenham? I said no. <laughs> he said Geez, if I had known that I wouldn't put you on the horse. <laughs> but you know he, he ended up getting me a picture of, the, of bench warrant. I finished third on him and uh, got me a picture and I thought oh brilliant thanks very much you know my first first ride around Cheltenham. I still have it at home but he um, he said I'm gonna hold it in the office until you pick all the weeds out, out in the drive. He, he was very, still much the old school of, you know, you, you work for what you get. Um, so he was brilliant and he, he, I had such a great start with him. Um, you know, he, he still did a lot for me and I suppose Noel Feely was there as well. And, you know, that, that was brilliant for me to have, you know, such a good rider like Noel to, to be inside the yard and that I, somebody that I could look at all the time, every day, you know, writing out and try and pick up little bits off him and Warren obviously
0: those grade one winners Cole Harden and one-track mind La Magoie, and then then that didn't work out so well ultimately but those years must have been quite special ones in their own way
1: I oh, don't um, you know I, I had some brilliant brilliant days um, inside in the yard and you know Cole Harden still winning the World Hurdle like was just it was just a dream come true and it, it was kinda hard take in, I suppose at the time but you know I was lucky enough then to um, ride One Track Mind to win a, win a great one and it, everything was going great. Um,
0: and still you say he's your favourite horse One Track Mind?
1: Yeah he was just a, a personal favourite of mine um, he, he was like a friend mm-hmm. if, you could, if you could get a horse he was like a friend. Um, he was a, a character um, he did a lot about him and still a very good horse but, yeah, I suppose inside and Warrens, every, everything was going great. And it was, uh, I think we had 57 winners. And then he, he, he called upon um, Dickie Johnson to be, be number one. And it was probably a pill hard pill to swallow. But um, I was still second jockey, I suppose. Um, still rolled plenty of winners there. And um, yeah, like th- things were kind of still going well enough, I suppose. I was down in numbers um, that year. Dickey ended up riding La Bagaray to win Leopardstown, yeah. down the great one over there and um, she she won a Kempton as well. Um, the horse that um L F France France won this year. Um, yeah,
0: of course I started. Yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, look, things are still going okay, but um Dickie obviously retired and I still started riding riding there. Um, but I still have plenty of winners from I think yeah. more than any of the other Jockeys, I think it was not sure how many winners, it was 270 something, I don't know. Um, But still had brilliant winners there, everything else. Um, But then that all went quiet, and um, I suppose it was another hard pill to swallow because I didn't get told why, for what reason, but that was it, that was the end of it. Do
0: you get on okay now?
1: I haven't really seen him around, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I haven't wrote from since or anything else, so we don't have that communication. But um, I was lucky enough then to get the the phone call from Jamie.
0: And so, how is Jamie Snowden different? How what what underpins your relationship, which is obviously
1: a a good one? Um, I suppose I, I suppose he, you know, when I, when I go in their school and everything else, I suppose that having that cup of coffee coffee afterwards with. Um, Going in there to the yard and building up that relationship with him, I suppose, is great, and it's um, it's one of those. It's only like you know, it could be 10-15 minutes inside there, just having a coffee or whatever else. But that's when you can talk about things, um, and you know, he, he's obviously a great trainer, and, and he's got that drive now to to keep on progressing and getting better and get more horses, and that's what you need, I suppose. It works well for me, but it's um, you know, he, he he knows with me that. I've done my homework and done, uh, you know, spoke to Scott and we've kind of gone down through the right. the race and I suppose he can put his trust in me and you know I I trust trust Jamie to every time he's got a horse entered, you know it, it's or declared even that I know it's got a got a, got a fighting chance and it's fit enough and ready and everything else and it's kind of uncomplicated really. He gave you a Cheltenham Festival winner with you wear it well. He
0: also gave you victory in the Coral Gold Cup with that's all right, Gino and. It's amazing, this little flurry of success you've had. Obviously, a lot of it attributable to your talent, but quite a bit of it attributable to good fortune as well. Because you could have been at Newcastle this day, couldn't you? Could have been. Um, you could have been. At, you should have been, been at
1: Newcastle. I would have done some crying if I was up there. Um, but yeah, yeah, I was going up there for You Wear It Well in the fight in fifth and Galois um, in the rehearsal. Um, we had been told a couple of days beforehand um, that it, Newcastle might not go ahead
0: and what was going through your mind did you did you have any inkling that that's alright Juno was actually where you wanted to be at Newbury
1: not really um, the Coral Gall Cup is such a it's such a tough race to win and I was thinking you know go, go, going up there I've got two solid chances never going to beat Constitution Hill and a fair fight probably because I think he's probably the best horse in training but um, yeah <laughs> it, it was a uh, it's such a big race, I think, um, the Coral Gold Cup, and um, such a hard one to win.
0: I spent most of the morning of this race previewing it with my guests on racing TV, and all of us saying, well, you don't want to be too far off the pack. You've got to lie up handy in this race, especially on good ground. You've passed the whole field to win.
1: Yeah, it was amazing. Um, <coughs> I've done a lot of homework on where you want to be in the race and everything else, and everything pointed out to be in the first yeah. five, I'd say. That's where I was thinking. So was that,
0: was that actually your plan, was it?
1: Well, I got down to the start, and I was probably about the fifth horse down, but um, there, was, there was three lads in front of me, and um, they weren't letting me up, and my lad does have a tendency to go left, so um, I knew that a, a high senior would go forward, and I just thought, if I can track him, then I should be the second horse down the paint. Mm-hmm. That was my thinking. Um, and I didn't mind whether I was kind of you know whatever position but I thought if I was second horse down the paint then happy days I'll I'll be in the right position Um, but as it worked out I ended up being last and um, thinking to myself I'm too far back the whole time Um, the only thing that didn't bother me was um, you know I I was jumping great so I was kind of happy enough but at the same time you know I've got a lot of horses to pass out and. you know, it, it tends to be a speedy enough track, uh, Newbury. But luckily, they went a good, good strong gallop, and a high senior came back to me after jumping the last down the back. So I knew that they were just starting to come back. That was my first sign that they're starting to come back, and I'm still in a good rhythm, still jumping great. Um, the cross fence was out, and I was just able to tow away into the bend. You know, kind of with plenty of horse underneath me, I suppose, just after coming into the race a fresh horse. Um, I turned in and gave him, gave him a kick in the belly and uh, I thought I'd finish in, a, in, in the first four. I was delighted, winged wing the fourth last, winged the third last, and then I was like, ooh, I might win this race here. Um, and then, yeah, going down to the last, I thought if we jump it, we win. But uh, yeah, that was a, it was a great feeling, very special. Two
0: weeks later, you were at Cheltenham winning the December Gold Cup on, on Fugitive, who has run some wonderful races around there. But needed a big one, really, and so did his stable. That meant an awful lot to to Richard Hobson, and I know to the owner, Carl Hinchy. Strikes me that this is a horse that has probably got a bit more to offer than than he's letting on. But this looked pretty unlikely at this point as well. Look at your belly in the picture.
1: Yeah, it was. um I was keen in the race before with the Paddy Power, and I sat third four. Still not in the picture. Yeah. Um, but again I think this day they went very hard and I knew because I wasn't keen that they were after going to Gallup but I promise you I, I was like I've got no chance here um way too far back and going to going to four out actually we ended up having to bypass a faller on the ground and um, it's downhill from there until you turn in and um, I didn't think I was making that much of an inroads until until I turned in and winged up over the last there and I thought I was going to go in and wing quite comfortably
0: and he is a horse who just does what needs to be done, it strikes me. Is there a load more left in him, do you think?
1: I felt there that the, there was plenty more left. Um, you know, I, I don't think we were after getting to the bottom of him um, because he, he does run massive races around Cheltenham and he's been a bridesmaid there a couple of times and um, gets there kind of going to the last. Mm-hmm. The plan I spoke to before, Richard, um, with him was uh, we were going to be in front jump after jumping the second last and then possibly be in front and have something else push you on Um, that wasn't the case though but look it, it worked out brilliantly but I think he's a horse that's probably going to be even better over three mile luck
0: on Sunday brought to you by Whirlpool bet with the world